0: so hello Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast, Ben Vallis here, thank you for joining us, hope you're doing well, which I'm sure you are, because the Celtics have rattled off five straight wins, Tatum has discovered the asthma puffer is the key to success, and Danny Ainge and the Celtics have, out of seemingly nowhere, acquired a new player in Jabari Parker. We'll get to all of that in a moment, but first, and we don't do this often, we're trying to bump up our numbers here so we can take a swing at landing some high-caliber guests, that's not a dig at the many great guests we've had so far. But, our goal <laughs> but is it to is a little get, bit. Come on, uh, V. Uh, well, no, we, we won't say that publicly. But uh, look, our goal here is to eventually get Celtics players and staff on for some interviews. And who knows who else? So look, if you have a moment, subscribe, rate, review, share, upvote, etc. Spread the word. Help us out. All right. Enough housekeeping. Our New Zealand correspondent is here, Joe, a.k.a. No Scroats McFly. Welcome back, sir. How's it going? Good mate, sorry
1: you probably just got that awful notification ping coming through. The old the old family group chat's been going off. (laughs) Very
0: popular fellow there, Joe.
1: Oh well, it's um, it's not so much me. It's more the uh, nieces and nephews. Um, and uh, they, you know, you you're not just in these family chats. You know, the pictures come through the little nephews and nephews, and and uh, and grandma puts the heart emoji on it. You know, that's um,
0: you got to react. If you going... don't react to all the pictures of all the nieces and nephews, you seem like a heartless fool. Yeah, yeah, you do. you know. got to get in there with your reaction quickly.
1: <laughs> you definitely do, hey, eh? You definitely do. But no, I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. Um, obviously, I sort of feel like, to be honest, we may have single-handedly reversed the curse, Um Tell me more. Well, I suppose we may have single-handedly invented it in the first place, but <laughs> but uh, one one giveth and one taketh away. Yeah, no. I, well, you may recall that um, we took the lead of the Riffs Man, and we pledged to donate five dollars for every Celtics win to the uh, to Mark Smart. I believe it's the Young Game Changer
0: Foundation. It's bleeding not. the fund. The Celtics Reddit podcast. Yeah, uh, fund <laughs> <The, to> drive. <laughs> yet another reason
1: why we need you to subscribe, it, team. <laughs> All right. profits go directly <laughs> to reversing the curse of IT. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like it's it's. I mean, it's been good. We've um we've sort of played properly in the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah. So naturally, my mood's looking up.
0: Well, look, let's start here in. I guess uh, reverse chronological order. So we'll we'll go with the news of today. Sham Sharania reported earlier that the Celtics are signing free agent Jabari Parker to a two-year deal, very likely a vet minimum. It's also likely that the second year is non-guaranteed, though at this point that hasn't been reported as far as I can tell. Joe, what are your your thoughts on the Jabari Parker signing? Shivers, it came from nowhere, eh?
1: Classic Ange, yeah. Classic Ainge. Um the, the very first thing that came to mind for me is the is the Mormon connection for sure <laughs> um, and it, well just a little bit of context though here in New Zealand uh, it's it's maybe a little bit similar in Australia but I suspect not that the like the key demographic or the strongest demographic um, for participation in basketball has historically been Mormons Um like loads and loads of our best players have been Mormons. My basketball coach, who was the, um, who was probably my biggest inspiration in high school, was was a Mormon, and um, so I like to see the Mormons looking out for each other. To be honest, I've got a I've got a wee soft spot for for the Mormons. Um, so I guess I'm kind of like. I'm kind of a little happy that um, I'm kind of a little bit happy that Denny's, you know, Denny's looking after one of the flock there. You know, I, I, I'm not going to hate on it. I think I legit think that that that's part of what's happening here. There's a there's a tie through the church, and um, and he's
0: and he's wow. he's I reckon this is a pastoral signing. Interesting. I mean, I I knew nothing of the the uh, Mormon sort of basketball connection there in New Zealand. I've just googled as you're saying that New Zealand Mormon basketball, and quite a lot of results. Sort of hammering home what you're saying there, Joe. Um, so that's very interesting. And yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't underrate the pastoral connection there. We we we, <laughs> we know you know Ainge is a, a very contemplative uh, GM and a you know a very thoughtful GM, but also a very devout Mormon. Um, I didn't know until you brought this up in our Slack earlier, Joe, that. Um, Jabari Parker is of the same ilk, um, but there you go. But from a, if we can look beyond the initial reasoning for the signing, there, if that <laughs> is the case, and and the sort of on the court aspects of it, what do you what do you expect to see from from Jabari Parker, um, sort of going forward for the remainder of the season and, and hopefully the playoffs?
1: To be honest, like I've very low expectations. <laughs> And Probably it's formed has formed largely on the basis of having really not watched a hell of a lot of Jabari Parker in my adult <laughs> life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what okay, Ben tell me something you know about Jabari Parker. Uh
0: I know he's only twenty six years old. So, so young. I, yeah, so it's a, it's a very low risk signing. Um in that he's on a um a non cap impacting bet minimum, by all accounts. Um, I know that he's played 288 career games and averaged 14.9 points and 5.7 <laughs> rebounds and 2.1 assists on 52% field goal percentage. Just happened to know that. Yeah. Uh, I know he was drafted by the Bucks in 2014 and has since played for the Bulls, the Wizards, the Hawks, and the Kings. Um, and that, I guess, you know, he's he's had a, a troubled career in that uh, he, I think he was drafted number two overall. Then he had the ACL tear quite early in his career. And aside from, a, I feel like a, at times a pretty good stint on the Bulls there, hasn't really found his his footing um, in, in his career so far. And what we've seen in the past is players, you know, think of a Jay Crowder, sort of younger players who have, you know, Jay Crowder maybe a bad example because he hasn't bounced around so much, but comes to Brad Stevens and ends up playing better than people expected of him. Maybe I'm um, clutching at straws. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, and maybe we've seen enough from Jari, Jabari Parker to not expect that. But um, the the exciting thing about this signing for me, Joe, is that it it came out of nowhere. Um, we have waived Mo Wagner in the process after that terrible close to the the Lakers game a couple of days ago. No Mo Wagner. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just our, our wing depth uh, is is maybe looking a little a little better there.
1: Yeah. Uh... I mean, I am. I don't know how about you feel about this sort of stuff, ben, but like the, I sort of felt like when we were going through our malaise as a team, like what really seemed to hurt us was just this lack of, just a general lack of ticker, general lack of dudes with ticker, and I, I guess I am not crazy about seeing a roster spot used up. It's like my my affection for the Mormon connection. Um, <laughs> put put to one side. I'm not crazy about seeing it used up by a guy who's not known for you know the force of his will on the court. Sure. Um I'd way rather see it invest in somebody if we had a spare roster spot, um if we had to invest in somebody that was actually gonna make a make a real defensive impact. I think that's where we get our strength from, is it it's where we get our sort of spirit from, eh, you know, is when we're when we're getting stops. Um yeah, yep.
0: That's that's fair,
1: so I mean, do you, I, you think know, we I, need more scoring off the bench? I mean, yes you always want more scoring, but do you think it's what we need need
0: well, it's interesting, so there's a Reddit user Trives the Conqueror who posted on the sub today the title of the post what Jabari brings to the team. They go on to say, no three point shooting, no defense. What's Jabari doing on this team, and is Mo Wagner the Aztec version we just sacrificed to win back the favor of the basketball gods? first off, I'm sure Ainge isn't really blaming Mo for the last night's near collapse to the Lakers. Uh, He was just the most cuttable guy on the roster. And to summarize the rest of the post, because it is very long and very insightful, etc. The Celtics lack shot creators. Even objectively solid contributors in Grant and Semi are unable to take someone off the dribble. These are guys that can chip in and help with spacing when you have the Jays penetrating. But if you pass them the ball with three seconds on the shot clock, it ain't going to be pretty. This isn't about bolstering the garbage time squad. When you're staggering the minutes of your stars, you'd like to have someone from the bench unit take the defensive pressure off, say, Kemba, when the Jays are sitting. So more, I guess, like a a person who can create their own shot. So we've got impactful guys off the bench in one way or another. Shemi and Grant, you know, for one, Peyton Pritchard, too. Don't necessarily have guys who can create off the dribble and and, and find their own shot. So do you think there's any credence to that, Joe? Is is Jabari Barker a guy who can come in and, and actually... You know, find a shot with five or less seconds left in the shot clock while the Jays are sitting.
1: I mean, probably not, because otherwise you'd already already be on an NBA roster. But hey, a good we, point. Can, we can who who we'll find out, I suppose. You know, I'm I'm happy to fall in love with with a with another number two pick with a with a uh, with a bit of a checkered checkered NBA career. Um, we might remember Evan Turner. You know, mm. Brad Stevens probably his best reclamation project, really. Yeah. Um, So who knows? Maybe in ten years' time, Jabari Parker will be an assistant coach for Brad Stevens. But um, I, I've like, there's a pattern, right, with guys, and when they're on their way out of the league, and this fits the pattern, not to be a downer. (laughs) So you know, put your fact hat on, acknowledge that this is probably not going to impact at all. Um, But hey, it's cool, something to talk about, and he's a big name. Still, he's a big name, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah. I hope it's a success. I hope he is able to create off the dribble, and he got, he hurt us a little bit in one playoff game um, from memory. When um, yeah,
0: twenty seventeen, yeah, I think yeah. that first round series against the Bucks. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so you know he's got a pedigree. We're so attracted to pedigree, eh? Like Mormon pedigree, in particular. <laughs> well, also <laughs> maybe that'll be the name of this episode. Do you know? Do you know <laughs> off the top of your head? What Jabari Parker has in common with Steven Adams?
0: No, they both play NBA basketball. That's as far as I can. That take is it. not that is not the answer <laughs> the judges were looking for. They're both <laughs> Please enlighten me.
1: They're both half Tongan. Or yeah, half Tongan. Really? Yeah, yeah. Steven okay. Adams like, might be a little less than half, but basically yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: What a time, right, for Jabari Parker to to join the squad as the curse of it has been extinguished right like if you know if we're going to look for that evan turner career turnaround you know trajectory then what a time for a guy to be to be joining our team just as we're on the up and up the reddit user tm cuthbert who wrote hopefully the fact that we waived wagner to sign parker means the celtics don't think rob williams knee soreness uh, is significant which i think just to add to the sort of uh snowball of optimism that we're forming here is, is a good point to end mm. on uh anything else on the on the Parker signing Joe before we move on
1: um ah oh, yeah no 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 nothing new. I just keep thinking what an odd just an out of the blue signing hey <laughs> you know and, and i i look it's 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 house money right but um but I guess maybe the one thing to consider is hopefully he doesn't become one of these um Brad Stevens favorites that we don't consider <laughs> to be a good player, you know? Um,
0: well, by all accounts, he's not someone that Brad Stevens has coveted since high school or any of those red flags <laughs> that we sort of learned from the Jeff Teague yeah, experience. So, yeah. so far, so good. Um, but what we'll is see. Jeff Teague up to these days? Anyway,
1: how's he been doing on the
0: Bucs? Apparently, he threw down a dunk in a Bucks no. game recently. So, uh, doing all right. Um, what about, like, when when you received the, the Japari Parker news? 'Cause you know, we have like an automated uh Woj and Shams bot in our Slack. Obviously as an NBA fan, you you're never too far away from from your Twitter feed. Uh, it, it is weird to like see one of those tweets and you're used to seeing them. There's always something going on in the league, but then to see like the words Boston assigning under one of those very legit shams or, or Woj tweets. Like what what was your immediate reaction to that, Joe?
1: Um My immediate reaction was, um, how
0: can I make a meme? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he made a very good man <laughs> that was my honest immediate reaction I, the, the Mormon thing was the first thing yeah yeah. Um, it didn't send a it didn't send a th- like what was the weirdest news today this is a little off topic was Dwayne Wade buying into the
0: jazz that yeah. was really weird that's yeah that,
1: that's so odd
0: yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of comes out of that because they're they are almost, I mean, they're definitely trending upwards, right? They've got all these sort of cool, young, hip people with money, you know, throwing said money at them. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they've got a, a, a lot of what a lot of people would call it a junior Dwayne Wade uh, in Donovan Mitchell. And I hope that his injury uh, today or yesterday wasn't wasn't too serious. Um, and they've got a lot going for them. Like, they do seem pretty cool. Also, Mormons, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> nice folks, <laughs> Joe Engels. There you go. <laughs> they got a lot going for them. It's the year of the Mormon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, I don't think I don't think I've got anything else to add on the Jabari Parker signing. I'm um, I'm very excited. I guess to see, um, like this is probably something we should have talked about, Joe. But <laughs> whose minutes he takes, if anybody, yeah. Uh, what kind of playing time should we expect from him? That kind of thing. Jay. Do, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean. What's our wing rotation right now? Tatum Brown, effectively smart, I suppose, a sort of wing, wingish. Then you got Fournier. Then you got. Then you've got um, Langford, the myth, <laughs> myth, Lang- myth Langford.
0: <laughs> um, it, it's it's more like it's the Grant Shemmy sort of yeah, small forward, power Ford um, hybrid players that I think he kind of slots in as he's kind of like a he's almost like a stretch four really at this point. Barry Parker. <laughs> yeah, he's he's
1: probably not an NBA player at all. But if he is one, yeah, okay, sure, he's four. You know, um, I guess so. Look, he, he's probably he's 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 probably going to be better offensively than Semi. So I guess that's he takes Simmy's spot minutes. I would yeah. I guess yeah.
0: All right, well, look, moving on, Joe, the Celtics have rattled off a tidy five-game winning streak, uh, including a grind-out win against the Knicks, Tatum's 53 on the T-Wolves, in my opinion, the game of the year, if not the game of the century, uh, a win against the very annoying Denver Nuggets. Uh, They held off Dame to beat the Blazers, and Jalen scored a million points on 1,000% field goal percentage to beat the Lakers, culminating with uh, with with the Tatum, with Jason Tatum winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, What's different, Joe? How has this team turned it around? You know, two episodes ago, we titled the episode, thanks to you, Spiritual Malaise, and suddenly they've inverted that uh, philosophy and they've gone on this run. And I'm just curious to hear what you think has changed.
1: Well, uh, to be honest, like, I don't know what else I can offer other than the fact that we've reversed the curse. (laughs) <laughs> that might be it. I don't know if there's really anything else that that, uh, that that's, that's available. I'm sure there'd be some rationalists out there that would sort of, you know, these advanced analytics type nerds that would point to the availability of all four of our best players at one time. But
0: I'm not buying it. <laughs> I think it's us. I mean, it definitely is a... Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it and, and a lot of the sort of analytical... Statistical viewpoints have already been communicated by other podcasts and even other Redditors and Tweeters and whatnot. But uh, it's definitely, there's a vibes factor there, right? In that um, post-trade deadline, post-jettisoning of Daniel Tice, suddenly the vibes are sort of restored. And um, I don't know, getting rid of Daniel Tice is not something that I would have connected to turning the season around. Um, and, and meanwhile, Daniel Tice is actually performing really well in Chicago, so so go figure. But just to give you an idea of what the Celtics are looking like over the past five games, Joe, and it's, it's you know, they've won all of these games, so it's, a it's you know, it doesn't need to be sugar-coated. It's obviously very good. And the Eighth best net rating in the league for the last five games. Seventh in assists, which is amazing because, you know, the last time we did one of these kind of but podcasts, we were, tw- we were 28th in assists. Now we're seventh in- over the past five games. With 27.4 a game. Tatum's free throw attempts are up to 7.2 a game. He's been averaging 4.7 on the season and he's converting 92% of them. So, along with 51% from the floor, 44% 3 point shooting, Tatum's putting up over a 50, 40, 90 efficiency sort of stretch here, which is amazing. And Scotty Pippen, Jalen Brown, 28.5 points per game on 56% shooting. So, Perfectly supplementing this awesome, you know, re-rise to stardom there from from Jason yeah. Tatum. So, um, the, the Jays. Well, killing it. Can I... Uh, look, I'm not right up on
1: it. Here's what I've... Like, if, for no, some actual is, analysis... I, I need you to bring me down because I'm, no, no, I'm no, rising no. here, Joe. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, okay, first things first is, like, I think a little 20-game rule is always useful. Like, you are of what course. you are of your last 20 games. You certainly can't be any better, really, than... You know, then you're either your record or what you have been over the last twenty games, right? And so we've had a good ten games. Uh, well, I want ten, we've got to get ten more good ones. That'll be enough to get us into the four slot. By the way, like that's I, I just I, I'm not a Hawks believer, but anyway, that's there's a little sidebar as to whether I think it's um, sort of sustainable, quote unquote. Um, I think what I've noticed from the pattern of play there is just much more physicality with the ball handsy in the paint um, there Love was a hit. comment I, I forget who 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 made the comment or whether it was a tweet or something I think it was it was on the nuggets game and Jokic was super frustrated um, that that they weren't that they weren't getting the foul calls and um, and that's just what happens when you aggressive to more aggressive team like you just get the benefit of the call so that's that's the first thing the stat I wanted to notice I wonder if we' Got more live ball turnovers, like that. We're forcing more live ball turnovers than than we have. Um, so defensively, I just think we're just significantly more aggressive. That's that's what it looks like to me. Just watching. Um, offensively, um, I think um, the key thing I've noticed is that Tatum is just not taking lazy threes as much. It's my crusade is to get is to get them. The Celtics do this thing when they're playing poorly, where they just like a like a there's, you can always find a three if you've got four three point shooters on the team, right? But they do this thing where they sort of take like quick, quick like unearned threes, and you know the difference, right? You know when you're watching a game when the ball goes ping, 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 and a guy shoots a three, and you just know it's going in, right? Isn't yep. it? You just you, you know it's going in before it leaves his hands. It's sure. the opposite with a lot of Celtic shots where it just goes maybe one pass, you know, um, and the guy takes a shot off the, off the, you know. Um, but the, an example I was thinking of was, oh, look, I can just think of a particular three that Kemba took. Kemba was on the wing. There's one pass from the guy taking up, and it was open-ish, but it wasn't open-open. It wasn't earned. And there's I just think there's something in the psychology of a player when, when a three is earned, they just feel really confident about it. Like I would guarantee, three point percentages are way higher. Like if and if there's been a string of turnovers or a string of stops around them, sure. I bit like I like I don't have no other way to prove that, but like I know it's true. You know what I mean? Like it might be a hot hand fallacy type thing. Um, so that's that's one thing. Less lazy threes and Tatum has clearly been forcing issue and trying to get to the hoop a little bit more lately. Um, Quick note on Tatum, um, one thing he did that really impressed me was he threw like this left hand, he's been throwing these left handed passes lately, just absolute bullets, cross court bullets with his left hand. I'm like, that's good. be nice to see you take a few layups with your left hand, Jason. That would be quite good. That might might help you finishing around the room. Anyway, um, and I, like the passing thing, some people have um, said that Kemba's playing slightly different. I'm not so sure. I'm not really sure what's gone in the mix there. Um, I, I can't. I struggle to point point my put my finger on it, but clearly the ball movement is better, um, and I'm not sure what the genesis of it is.
0: And, and so, do you have any thoughts there? It sounds like maybe not. And it is, you know, like you said, a very small sample size. But you know, the the subtle changes in Kemba's game that have influenced this this change in overall team play style. Is there anything? notable from, from your perspective that, that Kemba has, has modified about his game? I'm still not loving the Kemba Walker
1: experience, to be honest. That's why I'm a little skeptical. Chris Forsberg had this piece where he was like, "It was, I think it was in the Lakers game, he was talking about how Kemba's, it was like, hey, Kemba Walker's shooting a career high. His three point, his percentage from zero to three feet is really high lately, but his numbers have gone down. I'm like, yeah, he's taking wide open layups, if that, you know. Kemba's not putting enough pressure on the rim, you know, in order for us to be our peak version of our team. He's, I noticed it the most probably in um, the Philadelphia game. I think he got switched out on Embiid. And he just wanted no part of going at Embiid, like yep. even if you don't ultimately shoot it, like you've got to put pressure on Embiid off the dribble. Like if you're Kimber Walker, you've got to. Um, so I guess I've I've seen him being a little less aggressive, but he's so reliant on his jumper now. Like he just, he just, uh, he's just not the same dude, eh? Um, so I'm not going to chalk it up to Kimber <laughs>
0: yeah yeah fair enough and you know we're looking at the the stats over the past five games for you know for various players and i've just rattled a lot of those stats for for tatum and brown and look really good but you know kemba still only shooting you know 41.5 percent which isn't isn't too bad but it's not great from a a guy of his salary and his usage rate and just 29 percent from three which is not ideal based on you know that shot reliability um that you mentioned there joe there's a Reddit user, Wayne Spoony who's had two really insightful posts on Celtics Reddit this week. That's absolutely killing it on Celtics Reddit. And one of these posts actually really uh, thrived on RMBA as well, which is really um, rare for a Celtics-centric uh, post. First one was, actually, we'll start on the second one because it's, it's related to Campbell Walker. And that's how uh, his usage rate, and I've vastly summarized this post down to like a paragraph. I highly recommend checking out these posts and I'll link them in the show notes for this podcast. But on Kemba Walker, how his usage rate has gone down, but his assist numbers have gone up. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if his assist numbers went up a little bit, but the fact that there's a correlation with his overall usage rate going down, I think is a really good sign. Um, not only that, but Kemba Walker's dribble pull-up frequency has gone down and his assist numbers to the Jays, Tatum and Brown, have, have gone up as well, which uh, I don't know what you think about this, Joe, but is, is that a sign that maybe he's gradually figuring out his role among the Jays and how to sort of enhance their success while still having some sort of impact on the floor. Do you see that at
1: yeah, all? Yeah, uh, Like, uh, do I see it? No, I haven't seen it. That doesn't mean it's not happening, right? Like, someone's just made a pretty strong statistical case for it.
0: <laughs> for it yeah, being reality, definitely, definitely right? definitely check out the post because the, the stats are there and they, they, they do back it up. Was it Wayne Dooley? Uh, Wayne Spoonie. Wayne I'm Spoonie. guessing it's like a take on Wayne Rooney. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. real.
1: Sounds like a real name.
0: <laughs> maybe it is. Apologies, <laughs> Wayne do around here. if that's if that's your real name. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we do around
1: here, Wayne. <laughs> um anyway, um no, I haven't I haven't seen it, but it's maybe it'll, it'll I'll look for it um as we're watching the uh watching them over the next couple of weeks. And um obviously a key part of the Celtics offense last year was that just the high pick and roll, Kimber coming off the screen, elbow pull up. Um, and that just doesn't seem to be there for him, so um, we need him to do something else if he's not gonna do not gonna do that and penetrate to the room um yeah i'll look for I'll look for it, but like i haven't i can't say I've seen it honestly, it's not something that's qualitatively stuck out to me,
0: yeah, well, look if he can get that that shooting percentage back up to even. You know league average, and if the the team as a whole can start to reel in those turnovers, because even in that Lakers game where we're up oh, by twenty seven yeah. at one point, the turnovers were just ridiculous. I mean, those are two things that we can address between now and the postseason,
1: Jalen's a bit I've, of a culprit there. Love Jalen's game, but Jalen has some dumb turnovers, man.
0: He does, yeah, and a lot of that is sort of born out of good intentions and that he's, he's really intent on getting to the rim and he kind of gets, you mentioned it in our Slack the other day, Joe, but he kind of gets torn between power and finesse. Mm. And when he sort of gets stuck between in which direction in terms of those two options to go in, that's when he seems to turn the ball over as well. Plus, just like he looks for seams to dribble through that he can't get through and he turns the ball over that way as well. I, um, I yeah. think, think Jalen Brown, he is a power
1: player and mm. he's he's very effective when he's in that mode. Like, my favorite version of Jalen Brown is the guy who just steps on the gas and just bolts past, you know, like four defenders. Um, I'm fine with that kind of turnover. The turnovers I hate are when he's kind of doing a teammate impression and he's just a little soft and a little weak with the ball. Like, yeah. you know what it's like when you're playing basketball? If you, If you're playing against good players, you've got to pound that ball, right? Like, or it's going to get taken off you. And sometimes Jalen just gets into that kind of like, kind of laconic type. You know, <laughs> I want to play like smooth and sleepy. You know, or yeah. Paul George. You know how Paul George kind of looks. You know, uh-huh. and Jalen's yeah. just not that dude. He he just he can't like. I just don't think that's. I don't think that's his. That should be his mentality
0: when he's playing. I don't think he's effective when he's when that's his mindset. What's the What's the player archetype in terms of like historic NBA players? You think he should be aiming for. Oh,
1: wow, good question. Um but it's not teammate, right? No, it's not not like his teammate was very like, languid, you know, mm. like um I look okay. So we're thinking something someone who runs hard. I like it sounds really dumb, but I almost want to like like the first one that sprang to mind, this might sound really stupid, was Clay Thompson. Like, mm. okay. That just but decisive, like Clay Thompson is decisive with the ball. A eh? yeah, that's key dribbles. It, yeah, um, but Clay Thompson also, but with um, with this kind of like, I don't mind the reckless stuff when he's being aggressive. You know, I just don't like the re- reckless stuff when he's being a little like, just a little soft with it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean the Lakers game. You know, I think he. he I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he was. He either led the team in turnovers or, or came very close, but it's It's also hard to argue against the fact that that's almost the perfect Jalen Brown game or really the almost the perfect game for anybody to shoot that efficiently and score forty points and win and even have to come back in and like save the end of the bench from losing the game it's It's hard to critique that 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 overall performance from from Jalen Brown, right or do you think that the turnovers sort of the track. I mean, obviously, the, obviously, the turnover is the track from his from his game, but it's difficult to walk away unhappy with Jalen Brown oh, after that performance. Yeah,
1: he, look, he, Jalen's a net positive player, There's, <laughs> and, and a massive net positive player. But he does have some really obvious, like he has improved on stuff. Like one of his thing, he used to smoke layups all the time, right? Yeah, and 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 for the last two years, he hasn't done that. Um, he misses the first free throw. He still does that a little bit, but a lot less frequently. You know, he's sort of a he sort of he's a genuine seventy percent three point uh, free throw shooter now. You know, so it's just it's just something that's like it's it's like sometimes you just got to know yourself. And I don't know if you find this is when you're when you're playing hoops, Ben. But like sometimes you just know your mentality's right. You know, for you. Like I don't know if you know if you have a good game. Often it's due to like you just. Your mentality was I'm gonna do these three things that I'm you know, that I'm like quite like I'm relatively good at, right? Like that are gonna help me out, you know? Yeah. Um like you know, I, I know I play better when I'm a little bit mad, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like it makes me aggressive, you know? Um and I just think Jalen needs that to optimize who he is. Um I don't think he's that he's not Paul George, you know? Um yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of an archetype for him as we as we go. It'll
0: probably come to me at, at about two o'clock this morning. Uh, well, you can always add it to the the comments on the on the Reddit post for this one, Joe. But um, look, if it comes to you at any point through the the remainder of this um this podcast, just uh just jump down my throat <laughs> with that one. Oh, hey, um, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to circle back on a, a couple of the Reddit comments here. So, uh, Senior Stone seventy one wrote, "Not a bad week where Boston media members were literally." Counting down until Jason Tatum could opt out. 2K dropped Jason Tatum's overall rating, and half this subreddit complained nonstop about how poorly he was playing. Um, I am a, a habitual 2K player. That like now, like my my version of playing 2K now as a 34 year old with a child is like everyone in my family goes to bed at 10, and then I stay up until 11, which is as late as I can handle staying up. And, and play like an hour of 2k and it's all like mostly simulation no gameplay just like nerdy gm shit but i love it and to see that tatum's rating went down um hurt me um in in my most recent uh custom gm league so um, i'm hopeful that after this five game stretch they can they can bump it up again um, I just wanted to also get back to that other post by Wayne Spooney, who again has been killing it on Celtic Reddit this week. It was about how Jason Tatum is becoming a much more proficient pick and roll ball handler. Again, heavily summarized. Check out the post, it's, it's multiple paragraphs long. Uh, Tatum is showing growth as a pick and roll ball handler. While his usage rate has remained about the same, his pick and roll ball handler possessions per game have gone from 5.9 last season to 7.5 this season. Uh, and his. Um, I'm going off the rails here. That's as much as I, as I wrote down as a summary from this post. But essentially, that his, his efficiency um, and his promise in, in that play style sure. um, is, is sort of gradually improving, which is really promising yeah, to see. He,
1: he looked like he was making a bit of a jump in the bubble. Um, but I think what's happened for him this year is he's, they've sort of gone back to the normal him with the second unit. And what's hap- what, hap- what was happening in the bubble is he's getting trapped. He was sort of learning the, like a kind of escape dribble, like you back up against the trap back towards half court and he's pinging it to the open shooter and the open shooter was knocking it down. Probably due to the fact that the guy who was passing it to in the in the bubble was a, a better player than the guy he's passing it to in the regular season. Um, that might have something to do with it, with his efficiency there. Yep. Um, yeah, Actually, just sorry, just quick Jalen Brown archetype. I'll just, just while I think of it. Adrian Danley. Um Ooh. that was a power player. Um sort of feasted on um feasted and sort of like there was this illegal defense rule. Um and he kind of feasted in that. He he got to the line a lot, Adrian Danley. Just like a power wing.
0: Yeah, interesting. I don't uh, to be honest, I, I don't know a lot of Adrian Danley's game again beyond NBA two K. I can speak for the fact that he's a, a great power two K player. If you have a Get embroiled in a uh, couch-based fantasy two K draft with a mate, um, but uh, interesting, interesting comparison. I'm going to have to look up some of the, the, the Adrian Dantley film there and, and and see if that sticks. But um,
1: yeah, it's just more, one. it's just more his mentality, like you know. And what have I seen? Like three games of his on classic, you know, where he's playing the Celtics and like, <laughs> no Adrian Dantley. Expert, but like he, um, he was not a finesse player, you know. And yeah. Jalen is best when he. He can, he's got something to it, he's got something to it, but I just don't think, it's not that he can't do it, it's just he's best when his mentality is not that, you know, that's my theory. Yep. That's my working Jalen Brown theory.
0: So, a couple of missed notes on just the overall team improvement, are you, were you ever off the Grant Williams bandwagon, and if so, are you back on it now? Never off it. I love Grant Williams. Like
1: I I'm I'm no I'm no BS here. I love Grant Williams and I don't know why Stevens doesn't play more. I feel very defensive for him when he gets hate because I think Grant Williams does the right thing a lot on the court and I sort of feel like um the guy is committed to trying to do his role as best he can. This is he's my absolute baby eh? A. <laughs> I
0: love Grant. I, I think you have like a, a an ankle bracelet on with a proximity sensor. And if you like stray too far away from the Grant Williams bandwagon and <laughs> like you get threatened with like a, you know, this bracelet will self combust in five seconds thing until you totally. like, get back, back on the bandwagon. T- t- totally. Uh, no, no. Good like, to see it.
1: I, I mean, like I'll I'll try and call balls and strikes, but like I, I fundamentally <laughs> think Grant Williams is a full real NBA player um, who will grow into a larger role over time. Um, mm. He's multi skilled. He's smart. He gets no respect from the refs. The amount of time he he goes straight up and down, and the guy will hit him in his belly or something, and so he'll naturally, sorry, he'll his arms will fall forward just a tiny bit, and they'll say, nah, nah, your, your arms came down on him. Like, it's yep. BS,
0: man. Like, the war on Grant Williams is just as vicious as the war on Tice. <laughs> the new war being fought online with drones and machines. Um yeah grant williams and and romeo langford in the nuggets game in particular i was very proud of them because they they really they really truly made an impact off the bench and like purely with defense and um in a game that i was sort of considering my my own like internal championship <laughs> um going to and over against the nuggets and being able to talk a bunch of shit to my friend until, unfortunately, Jamal Murray tore his ACL and I had to sort of dial it back a bit, rightfully so, because <laughs> that's just not cool. Um, but it was a good sort of 24 hours there for, for me. What, what What do you think of Langford? Romeo Langford, I think that he shows a lot of promise as a player who will be successful in a Brad Stevens system in that he is already able to impact the game and impact winning without being relied upon as a scorer. And he does look like a high IQ player. And that's maybe generous because of how inexperienced he is. But uh, I think he's promising. um, But I think that's pretty much all I can say on him at this point, given how little we've seen. What about you? Well,
1: I'm on the record as a confirmed hater, right? But I can't ignore the fact that his return to the lineup has definitely coincided with this run. Um, And maybe it does have something to do with it. So I'm happy to be wrong on that. If I have to eat my words on on him, that's great.
0: But we we love eating our words here on this podcast. We've we've eaten them on multiple players. R- Rob Williams being um you know one yeah, of the more, sure got uh, one. bigger names, but um you know that's what uh that's life in the big city. I don't know. Yeah. Um upcoming schedule for the Celtics, the Warriors tomorrow. Uh, followed by the Daniel Tice led Bulls. Both home games. Both very winnable games. Like. We win both of these games. It's seven in a row. And, you know, getting past Steph Curry, who's kind of on a tear himself, um, is probably the more worrisome factor. You know, Zach Levine's out with COVID, unfortunately. I hope he, you know, gets better soon. But those are two very winnable games based on our performances uh, recently. But then a very tough back-to-back coming up against the Suns, which I think is a home game, and then immediately in away game against the Nets, or might be the other way around. But, um, We need to win these two games, these two upcoming games against the Warriors and the Bulls is my point, because we're probably going to drop either one or both of the the Suns Nets game. Um, Any thoughts in particular, Joe, on any of those upcoming four games?
1: Um, I mean, I think you're, I I agree with the basic tenor of what you're saying. I say we've got to bank these two wins. Um, And I also think, look, if if what we've seen is real, we will. This is the time of year where teams sort of do go on runs when they're, you know, like pushing towards the playoffs. We've got 16 games left, something like that, right? Um, yes. Yeah. We're 13, 26. So we must have 16 left, yeah. 16. So, so, um, yeah, I mean, if if, if what we've seen's for real, then we'll win. We'll win both of these. Um, and, um, like, I, I, I expect nothing less than two wins. Um, yeah. That's, the, the, the win against LA was very professional in general, like, turnover issues aside like we just we had total control of it throughout I turned it off when we went up twenty seven because I, I knew it was a disaster for that but it didn't matter <laughs> you know like we built the twenty seven point lead and the game was won um yeah i I expect to see the Celtics do you know do make a professional uh professionally dispatch these guys one bounce over the ropes yep <laughs>
0: i love it i love it so at least two and four and sort of accepting maybe scheduled losses to the suns and Nets. there you know based on the fact that they're two very dominant Uh, teams and and back to back yeah no
1: but look i mean the suns you know I was actually listening to the mismatch earlier today and they're like man you know what's going completely under the radar Did you know the suns are like 40 and 15 and i'd had the same reaction seeing them in the standings i was like i knew they were winning a lot but damn
0: like yeah, fourteen fifteen is. is a real record, you know. That is such a, they're such they such a good team. They're such a well constructed team, and I guess um I like Chris bet Paul we could have traded. Missing, we could have traded for Chris
1: Paul. I bet we could have made it happen, man. You
0: know, like yeah. Ugh. But uh, yeah, it's it's tough because like yeah, they're doing really well in the regular season, and they'll probably go, you know, past Chris Paul's sort of average point in the exit point in the playoffs that he's had in, so far in his career. But do you really expect them to make the finals? Do you really expect them to, to win a title? And therefore, would that have been worth it for the Celtics with the same trajectory? Um, I mean, I think we would have been able to, We might have even...
1: You might recall the Houston Rockets gave up value to Shifter's contract. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we could have probably done a little... I think that would have, like, it would have worked out better than Kimber. Like, it just would have. Yeah. You yes. know, that's that's just just fact in retrospect, right? Um, it would have been harder to make the numbers work because obviously Kimber went into cap space, but um, I'm sure we could have found, you know, um, yeah, I would have righted if they'd traded smart, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we would have been would probably still have been better over the last two years, you know. Uh,
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, like you brought up Smart. We haven't even spoken about Marcus Smart and like we're not going to get into it because we've kind of gone a bit long. But, you know, he's, he seems to be back as well. I mean, let's be honest, the whole, the team as a whole seems to be back. And even Brad Stevens in, in the way that the, the team is sort of zipping the ball around and appears to be like scheming on offense and defense. He, in a way, seems to be back too. So Yeah, no, he um, definitely does. Yeah, so sample size will birth additional Marcus Smart takes and, and talk in, in, in future episodes, but uh, we're not going to get into it uh, too but for much. For the now. record,
1: I was near. I will never be off the Marcus Smart bandwagon ever, 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 ever,
0: ever. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe has one foot on on the Marcus Smart bandwagon, another foot on the. Grant Williams bandwagon is kinda of like doing the splits as the road lines <laughs> yeah. pass under his uh, crutch area there. Um, the the Hawks, their next two games are easy ones, but then they play the Knicks, the Heat, the Bucks, and then a back to back against the Sixers. So we really do have this chance to sort of separate ourselves from them. And a four five Celtics Hawks first round playoff series at this point. I mean, you gotta feel good about that, right, Joe. I know it's you know it's still sixteen games and it's a tight pack and everything, but you know, going into that potential series you know how would you feel about the Celtics chances and I, and I guess based on everything we've talked about so far joe and the team sort of turning it around have your expectations at this point changed on how far they could go even at even
1: 4-1 would be my expectation of that series 4-1 the, Celtics uh, oh. <laughs> i'm guessing part, part of the reason why the season this teams have been so frustrating is because it's dropped games to like the hawks i'm like they i know they're not that good yeah, I know they're not that good. You know, like they—they're they're not. I promise you, Trey Young's not that good. You know, and um, I expect to see him get swallowed alive in the playoffs. To be honest, I'm not a believer yet in Trey Young. I actually enjoy enjoy his play. Like he's mm. fun, but I don't think All he's offense. good. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's actually
0: good. Quick Celtics Reddit recap before we wrap this one up. Uh, I've just got written here, Joe, memes on Celtics Reddit. It's really, you know, uh, as far as the Celtics Reddit portion of this one Celtics Reddit podcast. Memes, uh, it's, it's the theme of the last week. Um, I, I sort of uh, equated it to Mida McFly. <laughs> uh, goes into the future uh, He loses the He gets the sports almanac Sorry comes I've messed it up
1: When he comes back In 1985 Are you talking about that When he get, And Biff Tannen's got the tower
0: Yeah so So future Biff Goes back to the 50s Gives the sports almanac To pass Biff And then Marty Then travels back From the future To 85 And comes back Into the new Dystopic like, Forked forked Yeah dystopic 1985 Where Biff Tannen is rich And, and the The environment Is just peppered with Graffiti and trash and and sort of trashy Biff centric vibes and, and and signs and whatnot. That's what to me Celtics Reddit looks like at the moment. It just kind of <laughs> it's the sort of distasteful graffiti. Um, you know, where two guys older than you know the the sort of the younger uh, Zuma meme culture people on on Celtics Reddit, I guess. But um, I I'm like a little old man yells at clouds at the moment. I'm I'm a little like. I don't know, disappointed in the, in the memes and the quality of the memes on Southland. What, what have you had a chance to, yeah, to browse yeah, yeah, no, no, I,
1: I, I, for one, I'm old enough to completely understand the, the cultural reference there, Back to Future, <laughs> probably the movie that I've actually watched the most in my entire life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that in the castle, it's Nick and Net, but, um, no, I, I, I agree. I visually, it's just like, whoa, like I'm, you know, when you when you click open read, you're kind of like looking for stuff that's relevant. <laughs> you th- you yeah. know, and and it's just like it's just another meme. Uh, like I'm pretty unlikely to click on it unless I see it's got a lot of comments. Because there have been some exceptions, like that dude who did the Wolf of Wall Street thing. Spin Axel. And- <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I, I wrote that person's name down. Need to give them a shout out because that that person has been. Absolutely killing it, yeah, um, it was- but I, I wouldn't call those memes, right? And no, if anything, the the sort of permitting of memes, the fact that it's made way for Spin content, like maybe maybe it's overall it's a it's a net win, right? Because the the Wolf of Wall Street scene on like and positive the, the posts on bench ones. players yielding uh, epic <laughs> amounts of karma, and yeah, then the Goodwill Hunting like greed team is sticking up for the casual <laughs> Celtics fans. Fucking gold, awesome, <laughs> love that shit. Thank you, Spinaxel. But the, like I, um, I it was very the... meta.
1: It's it's cool, but it, that that stuff is very it's meta and it's it's posts on the subreddit about the subreddit. It's not sort of substantive posts about the Celtics necessarily. Although that's not quite true, you know, like the the, <laughs> the pumping up Romeo
0: Langford stuff. Like <laughs> Romeo <laughs> Langford as the pump and dump stock was was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but it's like it's not really a meme, you know. It's actually no. thoughtful and creative and original, uh, and yeah, meta. Like it speaks to all of us as Celtics fans, and and kind of like uh, like slots into kind of what we're all thinking anyway, and th- and that we're not, maybe not able to really uh, articulate, and that that you know that creation kind of does that perfectly on how we feel about Langford or, or whatever it may be. But like you know, one thing I do for or one thing that we do for each podcast episode is is sort the subreddit by top posts of the last week and, and doing that before this episode, like, all of them are memes and all of them are terrible. Like, there was one, uh, it was titled, uh, Point of View, uh, You're the Lakers, and it's a picture of Jalen Brown just flexing with the text, bra won't leave me alone. And, like, I, I get it. Like, I, I understand what the meme conveys but uh that's just not funny to me like it's not funny and it's just like a, like it's an ad now you know it's trash mm-hmm. that you kind of have to flick through yeah to like, find yeah, totally. the relevant content totally totally
1: yeah it, and there's only so much room there's only so many pixels on your screen and like it does absorb quite a lot of it just means that when i look at it i'm like oh there might be one thing that i can see on this page that i want to click on i'm out you know like um yeah. It's just too much. Like I'm just, I'm just a man, and like, like <laughs> I'm just human, man, and I can't yeah. filter through to see what I want that easily. And on maybe this is me being old man at clouds. You can probably there's probably a setting that I can filter out memes or something like
0: that. But there is, yeah. Um, ultimately, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, no, because if there is a good meme, like a spinal, or You want to see it, right? Yeah, I guess in theory, Reddit should take care of
1: this by being that's the function of reddit right like the sort of democratized um
0: moderation really you know like but do you sort by new when you visit celtics reddit are you like solely sorting by new uh, what have i got i I don't really know hang on look i think i visit the sub 20 times per day and therefore i'm always like slash new to always get like the, the newest content
1: yeah you do want the newest stuff right um yeah
0: yeah, I'm on you, hot. It's on hot. That's what I've got. Oh, uh, well, you're... Hot. You're living hot. the dream there, Joe.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I should probably... I might have to... Maybe I'll just have to go to um, controversial. Sort by controversial. <laughs> Title of a famous... Famous... Famous little thought... A uh, little bit of fiction. Um, Slate Star Codex. Anyway.
0: Well, look, it's, uh, it's a very divisive... Um, change in direction by the mods and it was very divisive prior to that when they, they weren't allowing memes and um some have uh ha- some have speculated that once the is like, this you know, the, an the atlas thrill- stroke
1: moment from the moderators just being like okay. you didn't yeah. like us guess what happens when we stop doing it the world just you know grinds to a halt. Yeah. I, uh, this is Kobe, and, like, not he- shooting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this isn't the end of the meme discussion on this podcast because what I want to do is reach out to a few pro-memers and, like, try and understand, like, the reasoning behind, you know, allowing and celebrating the existing of, of existence of memes on the subreddit and try and get an idea of, like, why it's a good thing to a lot mm. of people um, because, you know, the, you saw the, the sub by most up- uploaded posts in the past week, like, most of them are memes, so people love it. Um, and, you know, we'll post this podcast episode and it'll we'll get yeah, like 20 upvotes. So, go figure. <laughs> um, so, we'll talk about it some more. Um, and look, LaBird, shout out to LaBird, who's not on this podcast, sort of said, you know, it's, it's great for the sub and that it's driving more traffic to the sub when there's there's more sort of community engagement overall. So, that, you know, there, there probably are some good aspects to it that um, us, Joe, as sort of older gentlemen of the internet are not, not necessarily seeing, but uh, it's nah. happening and we've got to deal with it.
1: Yeah, it's it's not my vibe. Um, but, I mean, it, to be honest, does it really affect me in my day that much? Not really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a great, oh, great right. place to end it. <laughs> Life is still good. Um, anything on any of the points we've discussed uh, tonight, Joe, or anything else that you want to add to before we wrap this one up? Nah, mate.
1: Nah, we're good. The oh, only good. thing I just want to say, actually, is um, just a little little shout-out to the Antipodeans. Um we re- I enjoy the earlier tip-off times, <laughs> and um, and I quite like this time of year when we're coming into Normally, we'd be having playoffs right now, and I, I sort of yeah. just miss the, the, the Sunday afternoon matinees that you'd sometimes get the Celtics playing. We'd be sort of getting into the first round, which is like my favorite. I love the first round. Um,
0: Those 5 a.m. games? Those
1: 5 a.m. games, yeah, or 7 a.m. sometimes they are here, you know. But
0: I love them, and I, I miss them, and I look forward to them coming back. Oh, not too much longer to wait. Only 16 games, like you said there, Joe. Um, all right, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. Like we said at the top, if you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and subscribe, rate, share the pod, all that good stuff. Joe, love your work, mate. Thanks again. Is. All right, until next time, folks. Go Celtics. Peace.